With us today, I'd like to explain why we just showed the trailer of a movie. Um, I was sitting back there and I thought, huh, I, I bet that's a shocker. Um, we are nearing the end of our box office wisdom series. Next week, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That ought to be fascinating. Uh, my son, Thad, will be speaking. I'm going on vacation for a couple weeks. And uh, he's on staff here, and he will be doing the message next week. So he gets to tackle the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But in this series, what we're doing is we're not looking at the movies. We show the trailers just to give you a taste of what's going on in the movie, and that one certainly gives you a taste. It's just all action. Boom, boom, you know, all kinds of stuff blowing up. Uh, but what we're doing really in this series is uh, we're looking at the themes of the movies, some ideas you get from the movies, and we're comparing what Hollywood has to say uh, about those themes or about those uh, scenarios with what the Bible says about the same things. And so it's, it's a fun series. You get to use words like Autobots and Decepticons. And, you know, it's, I, I never in seminary thought I would ever use those words. I'd never heard of those words in uh, seminary. But it, it's fun because we, we're able to look at... Uh, what, what is going on in our culture through the movies? Because the, story of a, uh, the stories of a culture carry the values of the culture. And so you pick up a lot by looking at stories. Movies are the stories of our day. They're the most popular in our country anyway. <clears throat> and so this gives us an opportunity to look at what the culture's thinking about, dealing with, what resonates with us in these movies and what is like us and what is not. And then looking at that and comparing it to what God has to say in, in uh, His Word, the Bible. In the Transformer series, the Autobots are led by Optimus Prime. And he's been charged with protecting the Earth from evil alien forces. See, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, in Transformers 4, what's happened, the Age of Extinction, uh, the humans have decided that they're going to prove that they don't need the help of Optimus Prime. And so the movie centers on the strategy of a powerful man uh, that he's developed so that they can do this, they can handle things on their own without the help of these powerful robot protectors. And what we see is the tragic results as they execute their strategy to try to deal with things that are way beyond them, way beyond their wisdom and strength and understanding to be able to get their mind around and hands around how to deal with these problems. So the theme of this movie matches what we humans tend to do. And this is where we're launching from the movie. When we face pressure, when we face opposition, we develop strategies for dealing with life without God. This is what we do. Life is pressurized. Um, it's, it's a pressurized experience, and we feel the effects of the pressure um, that grows out of the trouble we deal with, especially when we try to deal with it on our own. The, the pressure gets amplified, and we tend to develop some symptoms of the pressure, things like 
pounding headaches, lethargic attitude uh, that seems to get into our muscles. I remember one of the things I remember about starting up the, the congregation here in Diamond Bar almost 27 years ago is I remember the pressure of trying to figure out how this was going to happen. How do you start with a husband, wife, and a two-year-old son, and then God works to bring about a congregation? How does that happen? I remember getting up some mornings, and it felt like each leg was 300 pounds each, and just, I got to do this, you know. You get, and and that's, that's a sign of pressure, a lethargic attitude that seems to work its way into our muscles, uh, a distraction is a sign of pressure. A distraction created by a gnawing anxiety where it's difficult to focus on the very thing that you need to do in order to handle the trouble that you're dealing with. The dread of impending disaster is a symptom uh, as a deadline approaches or as you're dealing with trouble. Just the dread of it. Um, a harsh, cynical attitude toward the people you love. You get, you get short and snitty instead of kind and gracious in your words with them. Sources of the pressure are things like relationships, struggles in marriage, concerns about parenting, dealing with a co-worker who's difficult, a dating relationship that seems to be fizzling, fizzling out that you don't want to fizzle, um, loneliness that inflates the pressure we deal with every day, a frustration with our own habits that we can't seem to break and that are adding to the pressure and the problems that we're dealing with. Projects bring pressure. This is a source. Uh, taking on or being given an assignment that is such a challenge, uh, it, it overwhelms us. Having more work than you can do in a day. Going to bed with more to do than you were able to do. And then that goes on for months and months and months. You just, every day, you got more to do than you can accomplish. That, that builds the pressure. Um, you need someone to cooperate to get this project accomplished, and the pressure starts blowing up and inflating. Where are you feeling pressure right now? Is it related to your finances? Is it related to family relationships, maybe some friendships, an important assignment, a project you're trying to complete yourself? You just can't seem to break the habits and the patterns that are multiplying your problems. They're adding to them. Well, here's some very good news. God has a specific purpose in the pressure that we experience. He, he has a purpose in it. Now, this is the great thing about following God. He, he takes the rough parts, the difficult parts, the pressure, the problems, the trouble, and He has a reason for going through it. He has a purpose in it. Paul, uh, who was an apostle, who wrote the passage that we're going to look at in a moment, uh, was used by God as much or more than anyone else to expand the Christian church, the early Christian church throughout the Roman Empire, specifically in Asia Minor and in Europe. He had a unique gifting, unique abilities, uh, and a, a place in society that made him the man to do it. Now, God arranged all those things, but he chose him to do this because that's what God had arranged for him to do. 
at first glance, what we tend to do, now we look at Paul's life, and we ourselves, when we look at our own lives, we tend to think that whatever we do for God should just fall into place and be easy. But that's not the case with Paul or anyone else. In, in our minds, it, it, if something's really coming together, it seems like God's in that. If it's falling apart, wow, what, who's, what's, where's that coming from? But that's not the case, you see, with Paul. Paul is going to show us God's purpose for pressure in a few moments. We're going to look at that. But before that, I'd like, to, I'd like you to look at some of the pressure he faced in trying to do God's will and God's work and expand the kingdom in his part of the world in his day. Because he describes the pressure he faced in 2 Corinthians 11. We're not going to look at that passage. I'm just going to walk through some of the things he says. And what's interesting is he's... In making this list of pressure-packed things he's dealing with, he is actually comparing himself with false apostles. What was happening is he had started the church in Corinth, and what was happening is false leaders were coming in and trying to lead these congregations that he had started away from following God and Jesus Christ. And so he starts comparing himself to these false apostles, and he makes this list. He says, I've had more imprisonments, countless beatings, often near the point of death, five times, 39 lashes, three times beaten with rods, once I was stoned, left for dead, three times I was shipwrecked, spent a night and a day adrift at sea, in his travels, he experienced danger from rivers, robbers, toil and hardship, sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold, cold and exposure. And then he also points to the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So not only is he experiencing a lot of trouble, He's, he's dealing with just the stress of trying to do what he's trying to do in the work that God has given him to do. So that adds pressure to his life. Now, here's the fascinating thing. Paul is pointing to these things as his credentials for being a true apostle. These are his credentials. This trouble, this pressure, this situation... Someone who is trying to accomplish God's purpose for their life is going to experience a tremendous amount of pressure that's created by the trouble and the opposition that they're dealing with. Now, we face pressure like this because we have an enemy. And our enemy is not in the form of a fantasy robot named, I can't remember, Magnetron or somebody like that. <laughs> Um, but he's a part of a race of Decepticons, <laughs> which is a really pretty good name if you're going to do a fantasy thing, Decepticon, because that's what our real enemy does. He deceives us. But in, it, it, our enemy is Satan and his demons. And, and they are allowed to create this pressure that God uses in our lives for a specific purpose. And that God will not allow to thwart his purpose. His purpose will prevail. 
God's purpose for you, if you give yourself to Him, will prevail. But practically, what this means that we have an enemy and we face this opposition is that the most important things that we do in this life to accomplish God's will are always going to be filled with pressure. That's the practical outcome of that. As, as we aim to accomplish the work that God has for us to do in family life, in ministry, in our work life, in all of our stewardships, we are going to deal with opposition. We're going to have to handle the pressure. In fact, the more important the work to God and His purpose in this world, the more pressure-packed you can expect it to be. We need to know that. We we need to understand that as we handle life. Our, Our enemy wants the pressure to wear us down so that we back off of following God. But God has a purpose in the pressure. Now, here it is. Let's check it out. 2 Corinthians 1, 8-11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. This is Paul, and we just looked at those. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Let me underline God's specific purpose in pressure. God allows the pressure so that we will rely on God who has the power even to raise the dead. The pressure comes so that we'll turn to Him. So whatever's going on in your life, what God wants to do, wherever the pressure is coming from, He wants to use that pressure so that you will turn to Him. And there are some really good things that happen when you turn to God and when you go His way and let Him work in your heart and life. He uses the pressure to grow our faith. And He wants to walk through the pressure with us. But we have a choice either to go it on our own or to turn to Him. He's always available to help those who've trusted Him with their life and who are aiming to do His will. But relying on ourselves is a hard habit to break. But prayer is the way we express dependence on God. So I want to look at how we practically give things to God, how we rely on Him in dealing with this pressure, because that's the purpose of pressure we see, 2 Corinthians 1, so that we might rely on God, not ourselves. A prayer is the way we express that dependence. Psalm 55:22 says, "Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved." So, in dealing with the pressure, this is the direction we find in scripture. Cast our burden on God. We do that in prayer. We do that in by talking to God, by leaving it with him. My dad uh, passed away several years ago, 
And, and he was a lot of fun. He, he was fascinating. I, I actually, my kids are seeing a lot of him in me now, the older I get. But um, he lived to be 93. At age 70, he wouldn't buy the second pair of tennis shoes half off because he didn't think he was going to live long enough to need them. So, you know, he's, he, he outlived 23 years. I think he needed another pair. But anyway, he, he was fun. Um, that's actually how you think after a certain age. You start thinking, how, how, many, how much time? Boy, this is going fast. How much time do I have left? Well, anyway, one of the last times my dad was in the hospital, um, before he died, I, I asked him how he was doing, just casually. I was visiting him one night, and I said, hey, Dad, how are you doing? And he said, Randy, I'm having trouble turning this over to God. Would you pray for me? And I thought, yeah, I'll pray for you. So we prayed together. He was struggling. He was trying to deal with, he was sick, seriously sick. I think he was probably early 90s. At that point, you're thinking, this, this might be my time. And he was wrestling in his heart with giving this to God. So we prayed together, and the next morning, um, I asked him how he was doing, and he said, I'm all right. I've given it to God. I, I can, whatever happens, I can trust him to be good. This, this is a picture of casting your burden on the Lord. You, you give your circumstance. The, the b- word for burden there in the Hebrew is literally your lot, whatever your lot is, whatever your circumstance is, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's weighing you down. You, you give it to God. This is how we express our dependence on Him. You, you trust God with whatever you're facing and you leave the outcome in His hands. That's casting your burden on Him. This is something we're told to build into every day of our life. Now let's walk through some other passages in the Psalms that tell us when we should pray. First, in the morning. When my eyes pop open in the morning, I could be feeling any number of things. Uh, you're, you're probably the same way. I could be anxious about a challenge that uh, needs to be accomplished or a problem that needs to be solved. I could be really looking forward to the day, really excited about what's about to happen, or I could be dreading the day and something I have to deal with I don't really want to, or just dreading what might be happening that day or what the day might hold. Whatever is going on with us, the example we're given in Scripture is to pray in the morning. Psalm 5.3, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. It's, it's hard for me to read that passage without thinking of a song from the 70s. And I could sing it for you, but you might not appreciate it, but I'm really fighting not singing it for you. Give ear to my words, oh Lord. Uh, anyway, I'm done. It's, it's this verse turned into a song. If I can, here's what the passage is saying, and that's why that song meant so much to me, and I've sung it alone a lot, never in public. Um, if I can really offload my concerns to God for the day, 
if I can really offload them, if I can really give my burden to Him, for that day, I begin to anticipate what God's going to do with it. I start my day with hope instead of whatever else I'm feeling. But I have, to, I have to cast my burden on God. I have to give it to Him. So take the time to pray in the morning and give the key things on your schedule to God. That's what I try to do. I try to look at my day. This meeting's coming up. This is going on. God, would you help me with this? Would you give me the wisdom and insight? And I can't tell you how often I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm not really ready to attack the day. But if I'll get time with God and turn it over to Him and walk through the day with Him, I begin to anticipate. I eagerly watch. I'm waiting to see what God does. There's hope instead of dread, instead of fear, instead of, oh, i got to do this again. I start the day with hope. Um, eagerly watch. Give it to God and eagerly watch. Then we're also instructed to pray throughout the day. Psalm 62 says, Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart to Him. God is refuge for us. To pour out your heart means to spill it out. So as you're going through your day, we're to do this at all times. We're, we're to just, like breathing, you know, second to breathing, we should talk through things with God. As we're going through our day, we can ask God for help. If you're not sure how to respond to your kids, and help them obey, ask God for help. If you're baffled by a problem at work, pray for wisdom. If you're about to walk into a difficult conversation or you know you need to have one, whisper a prayer. And as, as the opportunity comes up, keep asking God for help with that. You, you spill it out. You pour it out. You ask God for help as you're dealing with these things. If you're not sure how to encourage a friend, Express your dependence on God by asking Him to help you say what's going to help them. And so on and on. We should pray at all times. We should also pray when we're dealing with fear. Uh, Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. We often get very anxious when we're facing a deadline or when we know there's a conversation we need to have to resolve a conflict or an illness strikes us or someone close to us and we have to wait. We just, we just were waiting to see what God's going to do. One of the things about God is that He tends to provide what we need just in time. And that's, I think this is what he was trying to show us in the way he provided manna for the Israelites in the wilderness. You know, God led the people, the Hebrew people, out of Egypt, and they were in the wilderness getting ready to go into the land that he had promised for them. And they were concerned about how they were going to eat, so God says, I'm going to provide manna. It also shows how creative God is. He provides this manna just every day. It shows up like dew on the ground, they could eat it. And uh, it's called manna. Manna means what is it? Isn't that a crack up? You know, they don't even know what it is. They're like, what is this? I'm not sure. So it shows you kind of God's sense of creativity in 
making something they hadn't even thought of to provide for their needs. This is God. This is how he does it. And so they eat this manna. He gives, he gives it just in time in the morning when they need it. He gives them just enough for that day, and they can't leave it over for the next day. There's a tremendous lesson in this for us. This is how God provides. He gives us enough for this day, for right now. And he provides whatever we need just in time. Now, my trouble comes when I get way ahead of myself and I start anticipating the things that are coming up and I start getting anxious about how God's going to provide this or how I'm going to do this or how this is going to happen or what. I get, I get all tied up in knots over the future when God wants me to do what I can today to prepare for the future and be prudent, but do today and trust Him to provide what I need right now. And not really worry about the future. That's what Jesus said. This is, this is how we can expect God to work. He's going to come through with the answer, the provision in His timing, not our timing. It's a, he's on a different time schedule than we are. But those who look to Him in faith are radiant and confident. But that means we have to wrestle with things to hand them over to Him. To express our dependence on Him in prayer. If you're dreading something that's coming up, you may be. You're dealing with fear. I realized this several years ago. And the enemy wants to use that dread to paralyze you, to rattle you, to distract you. To take you another direction so that you depend on yourself, that you don't walk with God through these things that you're facing. But keep talking to God. Keep talking it over with Him until you can hand it to Him, until you can trust Him with it. And as you do that, your face lights up, it gets radiant. Your countenance changes. You're, you're strengthened by that. Finally, we're encouraged to pray at the end of the day. <clears throat> Psalm 42, by the day, the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. So in the morning and at night, we pray. We bookend the day with prayer to God. And I'd encourage you to give what's lingering on, on your mind to God. You know, if you can't sleep, you're up at night, you're thinking... Your eyes are just wide awake. Even if not, you know, there's, there's that time when we're laying on our beds waiting to go to sleep. Give what is lingering on your mind to God in that moment. It speaks of a song here. God's song is a song of joy. We start with hope in the morning and we end with joy in the evening if we're able to walk by faith and trust God with the things we're dealing with. Take some time to think back through your day at the end of the day. Give thanks to God for the good stuff, even the hard stuff that He wants to use in our lives. And on some days, we're going to have to sift through and wrestle with this a little bit. But focus on all the grace and good God has given and that God wants to do through even the tough things. Gratitude leads to joy. It's gratitude that helps us become joyful. Prayer is a habit that we have to develop because it's not in our nature to depend on someone else. 
It's just not the way we're wired. That's why you see the theme in the movie. We can identify with that. We're coming up with a way we don't want to depend on these robots. But this is how we are as human beings. We have to develop this habit of prayer and trusting God, bookending the day with prayer, because it's not native to our makeup to rely on someone else. We rely on our own strategies for living. The great thing is that God responds to our prayer. He responds by helping us deal with fear and anxiety. You can look these passages up yourself. Our faith is radiant when we're trusting Him and not ourselves. God responds to our prayer by giving mercy and grace to help. Hebrews tells us that. He responds by guiding us where we need it when we're trusting Him to do so. When we ask for help and aim to live His way. He responds by giving wisdom when we ask in faith. For that wisdom. And finally, by providing the power to fulfill his purpose, God will energize you. He will strengthen you to do what he wants you to do. God's purpose in the pressure is to lead us to rely on his help through prayer. That's his purpose. He's trying to he's trying to use the pressure to lead us into his presence to rely on him to help us. There are other ways that God uses the pressure in our lives, but this is the starting point. This opens the door to all the other good things that God wants to do through the pressure. He wants us to turn to Him, to trust Him. Not ourselves, not our old strategy, but Him. Where are you feeling the pressure right now? Will you turn to God and rely on Him and allow Him to walk through it with you? Will you set yourself to learn what pleases God and aim to do things His way? If you will, He's available to help. And He wants to walk through it with you. I'd like to wrap up the message uh, by asking you to think through some next steps. Um, if you take out your connection card that you find in your program, again, uh, maybe you set it aside, but if you could pick it up and finish completing anything you haven't had an opportunity to complete, any information you'd like to put on there, or I'm going to su suggest some next steps. There may be a next step that you'd like to take. Uh, when the ushers come around, you can drop that card in the offering basket. That'd be great. But here are some suggested next steps for you to take. Um, memorize Psalm 55:22. Cast your burden on the Lord. And he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. He won't let us get shaken if we trust him. And then another step would be give a pressure-packed circumstance to God in prayer daily this week. Just keep giving it to God as it comes up in your mind. Commit to turning it over to God, to casting your burden on him every day this week. As I've been speaking, there may be a pressure situation that comes to mind Take that situation and, and give it to God. That's your next step, is to do that. Also, if you haven't had an opportunity, you know the option, the group option that you'd like to take, that you'd give us the input on. Um, if you could let us know about that uh, before you drop the card in the offering, that'd be great too. Let's, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word that really does Set us free, God. You, you want the pressure 
of life and following you and doing your will to lead us into your presence, to trust you, to walk by faith. And I pray that you'd help us to do that. God, we need help even to to trust you. So, Father, I, I ask that you would take whatever's going on in our lives and use it for your purpose to help us rely on you, to grow us, to develop us into people who please you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.